0: This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. The Lord has placed this topic on my heart tonight. Uh, Just as we, again, look ahead as a church, those who are a part of our assembly here know That recently we were reminded of just how careful we need to be about what we say. Uh, God is the great communicator. He communicated uh, to us his word. And then we know from John 1, he communicated to us the living word. Uh, He sent his son so that through the Lord Jesus, we could see the very God Jesus is God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So isn't God good? He gave us his word, and then we get to also look at the example of the Lord Jesus. But God also communicates to us about everything else that we need as God's people. All scripture is profitable. I was reminding the new member class earlier today that God has not left anything unaddressed. His word gives us help, direction, light for every part of our life. And of course, that is also true for how our words can be used for great good, including help someone helping someone come to know the Lord, or our words can be very destructive, and James talks about that. Uh, there's only one member that he says is set on fire of hell, and what member is that? It's the tongue. All right, so look at your handout tonight. During World War II, a series of war posters, and I give one of these to you, warned Americans about the danger of careless talk. Now, I am standing uh, before a number of military members tonight. Uh, Several of you are Navy or retired Navy. Uh, So this will pique your interest. It is something that is still a concern today. But these posters reminded everyone, if you tell where he's going, he might never get there. Or this one, The slip of the lip will sink a ship. I love history. I love military history. It's interesting, though, when you study military history, how many times things happened on the battlefield or on the sea because someone was careless with what they said, resulting in negative circumstances. It's also interesting that there were times on purpose that our government said things that were not true (laughs) to get the enemy to think something otherwise, and it helped our cause as well. And so tonight I'd like to speak to us on this matter of loose lips and careless slips. We have to be so careful. What we do with what we hear matters in every area of life. There's your first blank. What we do with what we hear matters in every area of life. Scripture is clear about the destructive and deceptive nature of words. Listen to these passages, James 3, 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body. And setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 20 Curse not the king, uh, no, not in thy thought, and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber, for a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which hath wings shall tell the matter. I love the passage in Ecclesiastes because it reminds you you never know who's listening. And by the way, even the person you think you know that you may tell a matter to, they may not be careful. So you have to be extremely, extremely careful. We're also reminded in scripture of the usefulness of words. Ephesians 4, 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. If it doesn't build up, don't say it, that's corrupt. It's corrupt communication. But our words can be used to edify, build up, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now that doesn't mean that everything we say should make people feel good. Uh, Proverbs also reminds us, faithful are the wounds of a friend. There are times that true friends will tell you not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And they say it in love and you think back and you thank God later for a friend who had the courage to just tell me what I needed to hear. What a person says and what a person does with what is said, what he does with what is said are equally important to the Lord. And so we find in the scripture two kinds of people. two kinds of people and how they respond to what they hear. And I'm just going to give you those main points tonight. The scripture teaches us about the tailbearer, Proverbs 11:13. And the Lord also in the same passage teaches us about the trustworthy. The tailbearer and then the trustworthy. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to a Proverbs chapter 11 with me. Proverbs 11, and notice verse 13. That will be our main text tonight. As you're turning, again, I would remind you, this is not something that I'm teaching, preaching, because I have anyone in particular in mind. In fact, as I prepared this message, the Holy Spirit clearly had me in mind. I will tell you that I have failed many times. Even when my heart was right, Uh, I have said things that I had to go back and do damage control. I won't ask you to raise your hand if that's been a part of your existence, but uh, I think we can all relate to that. Or I said something and I thought I was saying it in secret to try to help a problem, and there were little ears that overheard. They come around the corner and say, who are you talking about, Dad? Oh, no. Okay. So we have to be so careful. And we want to begin tonight then looking at Proverbs 11, verse 13, and what the scripture says about the tailbearer. You have found the verse, a tailbearer revealeth Secrets. A talebearer revealeth secrets. Now there are two words used in the Old Testament for a talebearer, And these words are very helpful, very descriptive. The first Hebrew word that's used right here is, and I give you the Hebrew word. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. But it means a scandal monger. Did you know that was an English word? I asked Siri. She agreed. Okay. Scandal monger. But that word, rachil, has a root that means this, to travel for trading goods. To travel for trading goods. There are people whose lives are, this is their work. They travel and they dispense goods. That's their work. And the idea here is that this is someone who repeats a matter for the purpose of public intrigue. And so, have you ever met a traveling salesman, saleswoman? Sometimes they knock on your door and they wanna show you, they wanna interest you in the security system that they're trying to sell you or or whatever it is, okay? And so they they have these presentations, and they, they want to pique your interest. They want you to be intrigued with what they have. Well, you and I know that from a human standpoint, we like juicy news. Now, understand, not all juicy news is something we shouldn't repeat. Did you hear? When somebody says, did you hear, everybody in the immediate area is What are they going to tell? Did you you see what happened on the news today? Did you hear what happened in the neighborhood? It gets our attention. But there are people that love to take some piece of, of news. And lots of times they've not even verified if it's true. But they, like a traveling salesman, they like to go around and say, Hey, did you hear? Come, come listen. That's the meaning of this word. Now, this person is willing to slander and carry tales about another for their own selfish ends. Sometimes it's simply to draw attention to themselves. Come here, I want to tell you something. Ah. See, now I've got people's attention. I'm important because I have something important to share, or I think it's important. But there's great danger in that. Listen to what the prophets say, Jeremiah 9 and verse 4. Take ye heed every one of his neighbor, and trust ye not in any brother. For every brother will alter, utterly supplant, and every neighbor will walk with slanderers. I like this passage in Jeremiah 9 because it actually even includes the meaning of the Hebrew word. Listen to Ezekiel 22:9. In thee are men that carry tales to shed blood, to do destruction. And in thee they eat upon the mountains, in the midst of thee they commit Lewdness. It's interesting how somebody who's a tail bearer gets mixed in, the Holy Spirit mixes them in with other with other very serious sins. Of course, all sin is serious, but destructive sins. As I studied this out, it was interesting to me how the prophets are led by the Lord. To talk about Israel's spiritual decline that would lead them into captivity. And part of being led into captivity was the fact one of the marks of those people who had turned their back on God was the fact that they were careless with what they said, what they said about others, what they said about their neighbors. All right, And so that's one of the words in scripture for a tail bear. Here's the second one. I give it to you there. Nergan means to roll to pieces. This is someone who scatters a matter and lets it roll on and on without considering the pieces of where it may end up. That's, that's the Hebrew meaning. All right. Again, someone who scatters a matter and lets it roll on and on and on without considering the pieces of where it may end up. So this man, this woman, is a whisperer. Listen to Proverbs 16, 28. A froward man. This is someone uh, who's perverse or unreasonable. They don't reason about what can happen if I'm not careful with my words. A froward man so a strife. And a whisperer separateth chief friends. You can be very close to somebody. You can have a meaningful, helpful relationship with somebody. But if folks aren't careful with words, what they say, it can destroy and divide relationships. And it's so sad. People that maybe have been friends walked with God Um, people who have served together, they can be divided because careless things are said. Heard about a pastor in a small town who had an individual in his church. In this situation, it was a lady. And she couldn't stop talking about other people. She'd hear something, she'd repeat it. Uh, Whether that was something that would, again, build up, be helpful or not. And in this case, uh, she would repeat things that would would ultimately destroy people's testimonies, uh, put them in a negative light, and cause division. And it got to the point that she even repeated something she had heard about the pastor. The pastor confronted her not only about the fact that what had been said about him And in a small town, small town, word travels. Not only had it not been true, okay, uh, but now, uh, and the pastor became aware of it because of what was being said in town. So he confronted her about the fact that she was a gossip. He confronted her about what she had said that wasn't true. And the Lord got a hold of her heart. God broke her heart. And there... Uh, She, in front of the pastor and the pastor's wife, uh, admitted her sin and asked for his forgiveness. And and the pastor graciously said, I forgive you. I forgive you. And I believe just from your response that you really have a heart to turn away from this sin. Uh, The pastor had prayed. He and his wife had prayed that this would be the response. But the pastor came prepared to the meeting. And he said to this lady when they were done, he says, Now, I want you to do something for me. And he turned behind his chair in his office and he picked up a pillow. He said, Come outside with me. So they walked outside to the front of the church. And the pastor took a knife, slit the pillow, and then threw the pillow. This was a feather pillow. And the feathers went everywhere. And she said, Pastor, what are you doing? He said, Well, I... I know that you made this right, but I want you to help me with something. I I want you to go and pick up all those feathers. And, you know, the wind was blowing. These feathers were going. She said, Pastor, I'll I'll be here all afternoon, and we don't even know where the feathers are going to go. And he said, ah, that's the point. When you spread things about others, and you're careless, and you're not trying to help the situation, you're not trying to protect them, you're not concerned with the glory of God, you might as well open up a a feather pillow and scatter those feathers and then try to go collect them all because you never do know where that news is going to end up. Good point. We've got to be careful. And so, with this in mind, we need to be warned. What we see in the Bible is that the tail bearer is, letter A, divisive, divisive. All right, Leviticus 19, verse 16. Thou shalt not, this is God's command, shall not go up and down as a tailbearer among thy people. Neither shalt thou stand against the blood of thy neighbor. I am the Lord. Don't repeat things. In fact, better off, don't even say things. All right? Be careful. It's divisive. Uh, it's divisive because when we repeat things that we may hear, we easily call into question someone's character and their confidants. Let me just pause here for a moment. If you understand the scripture, you know that there are times that God expects we as believers to go to one another and talk about difficult things. Right? James tells us, and if you know, confess your faults one to another. There are times that I need to go to somebody and and in their confidence, uh, share something that I'm struggling with, Uh, ask advice, uh, seek counsel, pray together, within the household of faith, that is all legitimate. And in fact, even when we, and we're going to look at some of these passages be reminded of them uh, in a little bit. But some of the passages I quoted last week, Matthew chapter 18, Galatians chapter 6, the scripture says go alone. And when you go alone, you go taking the word of God and what you're trying to do is restore a brother or sister. You're trying to help them from the scripture. You search out the matter and you try to help them. You're trying to help them to make things right with God and others. Now, if they don't hear you, you take two or three. And the last step, if it has to happen, and and it's not the first step. Uh, God doesn't want it to have to get to this point. but, But the whole point is we keep that circle as small as we can in dealing with problems, dealing with sin. It should never become public knowledge. If it does and it hasn't gone to the church first, somebody is violating Scripture. Sometimes these folks that are involved in this, they they want to say, well, I didn't say that. This didn't happen. the fact that it's even out there and it wasn't contained and that that it wasn't kept in that nucleus of trying to solve a problem and help a brother or sister, if it's outside of that, it's outside of the will of God. That's the point. It's divisive. And this goes probably without saying, but let her be in your notes, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. How is it dangerous? It betrays secrets. It betrays secrets. Again, Proverbs eleven thirteen. A talebearer revealeth secrets. Now, on the one hand, a spiritually minded person will say, "Well, or will understand that if, if I was not, if I was walking with the Lord, if I have a heart for." him, for, for bringing glory to God, the health of his church, and I find something out, sometimes that happens. It was God's will for me to hear it, to respond biblically to it. Now, everything I hear doesn't need my response. Proverbs also says it's the glory of a man to pass over a matter. What does that mean? I don't have to repeat everything I hear. For some people, that's a real problem. They can't be quiet. But it's the glory of a man. It's a reflection on his or her character to hear something. It's not sin. Love should hide it. I don't need to say anything. Just let it go. If it's not sin, if it doesn't endanger a fellow believer, if it's not something that could be hurtful to them, let it go. So what is Proverbs eleven thirteen telling us? All right, well, literally, he that walketh being a tail bearer. Again, it goes back to a peddler in scandal whose propensity to talk leads him to betray a confidence or confidences. All right, somebody like that, they're dangerous. They're dangerous. Uh, we have had this discussion in our own home. What happens in our home stays in our home. If one of your siblings gets in trouble and you repeat that to somebody outside this home, you're in trouble. As a family, we need to do all we can to protect each other's reputations. And if somebody makes something right, you don't want all this information out there. If they've made it right, praise God, then they can, it's difficult sometimes when somebody makes something right to come into a setting and, and, and simply out of fear, who, who's been talking, who knows what here? I'm right with God, but who, who knows about this? And in, a, in the household of faith and in our own personal, in our homes personally, things should be able to be ha- to happen. We all fail, we sin. They should be dealt with biblically. Forgiveness happens, and we move on. Without fear that, well, somebody's looking at me funny because, well, I wonder who told them what. Your home should be a safe haven. Listen, Good News Baptist Church should be a safe haven. And if somebody is struggling as a family, we rally, we pray for them, we love them, and we keep our mouths shut. That pleases God. So, a tailbearer is dangerous because he betrays secrets. Secondly, he wounds others. Anytime that the Lord repeats himself in the wisdom literature and scripture, and you'll see this in the Psalms and you'll see this in Proverbs, where there are identical verses in different places. God's repeating himself. Proverbs 18:8, 8, Proverbs 26:22 are the point here. Listen to Proverbs 18:8. 8. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Have you ever heard something that made you sick to your stomach? Well, sometimes it's what's coming from a talebearer if you've ever been the recipient of somebody talking about you and it gets back to you, it can make you it can feel like you got pardon the expression punched in the gut. Again, the world's good at this. Uh, this all, all that we see happening in, in Washington and even in the Supreme Court, those who leak information, you know what the, those people are? They're tail bears and they're dangerous. They're dangerous. They wound. They're also dangerous for this reason. A tail bear fuels the fire of strife. Right, so your three blanks there, he betrays secrets, he wounds others, and finally here, he fuels the, stri- the fire of strife. Proverbs twenty six twenty says, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceases. But a tailbearer adds fuel to the fire of discord, division, the scriptural word heresy, they divide. So they fuel the fire of strife, conflict, disagreement, pitting people against each other, causing distraction where people should be focused on the cause and what God's called them to do. That's the tailbearer. And again, my my heart's desire as we look at this first part of the outline is this. It's not, well, what I said was true. What I said was accurate. Here's the point. Should you have said it? That's the point. Well, I, I was justified. People needed to know. Chapter and verse. Show me. Chapter and verse. People who can help or who are part of the solution, they need to know. Is that what you were thinking when you were talking? Tailbear. On the other hand, here's what God wants us to be the trustworthy. Number two, the trustworthy. Again, Proverbs 11. And uh, verse thirteen, a talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. What does the word faithful mean? It's required in the stewards that a man or a woman be found faithful. What's that mean? They're trustworthy. God can count on him. The master can count on them, whether it's hard or not, just to do the right thing. Trustworthy. The word faithful, as in faithful spirit, is most often translated. This is so interesting. In your Bible, it is most often translated. And you can put in that blank the word believe. That's right. Remember when I was studying this, that that this popped up. I was looking at the etymology of the Hebrew word, and I thought, what? Belief. Here's the point. Somebody who's trustworthy, you can believe in them. So as a man, I may be struggling. I need some accountability in this area in my life. So I go to another godly man in the church because I can believe that If I tell him things that I'm struggling with, that he's going to guide me, make me accountable, help me be right with the Lord, show me scripture. But what I've told him, I believe in him. He's not going to repeat it. Hmm. So it's the word translated believe. Other Old Testament uses indicate that this is a person in whom you can trust, believe in. Have assurance in. Be sure of when you tell them a matter. And you know they will be completely guarded and careful. Here's an important example. As I was studying this word, one of the uses, one of those 102 uses is found in the book of Ruth. Ruth 4 and verse 16. We won't look that up, but Naomi became a nurse. Same word. A nurse to Ruth's Ruth and Boaz's baby. Why did Ruth allow Naomi to be the nurse? She believed in her. If she's away in the market, if she's got to be in the field with Boaz, she didn't have to worry about her baby. She believed in Naomi. Isn't that sweet? When the scripture tells us of a virtuous woman that the husband safely trusts in her, it's the same thing. I can confide in this woman down here. I can share my heart with all the ugliness that she knows is here. And I can believe she's going to be careful with that and guard it. Because she loves me and she's she's the guardian of my heart. You moms know that with your kids. That's why they come to you. And it ought to be the same atmosphere, the same spirit in the local church. Are we, here's the question, fill in the blank, are we careful with information we receive from others? By the way, this is a good time to share with you as your pastor, if you come to me with a confidence and in counseling, it doesn't get repeated. There have been a few times in our ministry where people have walked up to Renee and said, I suppose your husband told you about. And she has said, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't tell your wife everything? Nope. She's not shocked to hear me say that. I can protect her. There are times that I do tell her, and I I tell people that I'm going to tell her because she is part of the solution. But that's the only way it works. Why? Because I can be out of the will of God by sharing everything with her. And so can you, if you're not careful with what you hear. Are you careful with information that you receive from others? Note, handling information with care not only means don't tell, it also means handle gently. Handle gently. We are all broken as long as we have this flesh, right? I can fail, you can fail. We need to be like our God who gently, he's long-suffering, he's merciful. I'm so glad that, that my, the, the God of heaven is not the God that my flesh sometimes thinks is. He's just waiting to smack me down. It's not God. That's not God. So be gentle. Be careful. Again, Galatians 6, 1 reminds us, go with a spirit of, weak, uh, or of meekness. Why? Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. All right. Now, let me just close quickly with five questions to ask before handling a problem. I give you the verses, so we'll read these together. I would encourage you to memorize these because if you are ever in that situation where you need to deal with a problem, by the way, this is not easy. I have met people in the ministry that say, I don't mind confrontation. And I'm always suspicious of those people. Have you Don't raise your hand. Have you ever met somebody like that? Well, I, I don't mind confrontation. Really? It's, it's not easy. I do it because God tells me to do it. And by the way, the fruit of it, uh, when it's handled properly, it can strengthen relationships. But... Any normal person, and I use that word on purpose, avoids confrontation. So if I need to do it in obedience to the scripture, here are some questions I need to ask myself. Number one, have I asked God for help? Without him, I can't do anything. I should not charge in. I'm going to fix this. Not if you haven't asked God for help. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Have I asked God for help? Number two, do I have the facts right? Well, my best friend told me, whoa, whoa, whoa. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Scripture says a wise person searches out a matter. And again, a wise person searches out a matter following the scripture. Do I have the right facts? Proverbs eighteen thirteen. he that answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame unto him. So uh, I have a, an embarrassing moment. As a father, and I'll confess it to you. All right, Renee married someone who is somewhat of a perfectionist. She went like this okay, I lied, I'm a perfectionist. God fixed it by giving us 11 children. One day I come home, and and when I pastored in Wisconsin, you could walk in the front door and see right through the double uh, doors leading to the deck, and we had a nice deck out there, and there was a, a table built into the deck, and underneath that table were three children that were hardly recognizable because they were covered in mud. And they're having a grand time. So somebody answered the matter before he heard it. I thought, what a mess. So I was walking out there, and I was getting ready to tell those kids what, what. By the way, they had a swing, and, and when kids swing, their feet dig burrows in the ground, right? And we had had a rain, and, and they had three lovely mud puddles to play in, and they were covered in mud. So I'm out there getting ready to, to say children, what? and mom walks around the corner with a camera, She thought it was cute. She told him to stage for a picture. Folly and shame. And here are three precious kids about to experience the wrath of dad who is in the flesh and it was sin. Why? Say, well, I would have thought the same. Don't answer a matter before you hear it. By the way, as a spiritual help to you, when you start assuming things, it can create all kinds of anxiety. Don't think something before you know about it. I had a man come to me one time. You guys will appreciate this. Ladies, forgive the man illustration. He came to me as serious as as could be. And he said, Pastor, I've got to talk to you. I've got to talk to you. Okay, and we, I said, well, can we meet after the service? Yeah, we, we, okay. So all through the service, it's like, I mean, what is going on? What's going on? So I got with him, and he was just as serious. Pastor, I need to talk to you. I'm thinking about buying a truck, and I, wanna, I've got, I want some advice from you. <laughs> You're kidding! Why didn't you say before the service? I'm thinking about buying a truck. Can we talk? Ah and the Lord's like, Why do you do that? Why do you think the worst? Well, my flesh. Do I have the facts right? Number three, is my attitude right? First Peter four eight. And above all things have fervent what? Love among yourselves, for love shall cover the multitude of sins. Here's another way to look at this. Not just is my attitude right. As I go to deal with this problem, am I viewing them through the eyes of my Savior? Jesus was so rough with every sinner he confronted. No, he wasn't. What did he do? He ministered to their hearts. And by the way, the vast majority of them in those situations, they went away forgiven. Why? Why? because he loved them to himself when you and i are dealing with a problem love them back to jesus but that doesn't mean that you don't tell them the truth is my attitude right the question is not do i like that my preference ask if it is a sin is it hurting someone else or the work of god is it if it is not show deference Pride always must have its way. With pride cometh contention. I don't have to win. God has to win. Is my attitude right? Number four, is my timing right? Proverbs 15, 23. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth. And a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Again, some of us are fixers. We're going to charge in and we're going to fix it now. No, no, no. Is my timing right? Can you think of examples in the scripture where the timing was carefully chosen at the direction of God and it made such a difference? God let David be in his sin for an entire year and then the timing was right. And God sent Nathan in to David. And by the way, I think Nathan is a wonderful example. Nathan didn't go in and poke the king in the chest and say, you're guilty. He didn't do that. Every other time you see David, he is encouraging his friend, the king. So he was able to have an audience. And he went in there, I believe, with all the love that he had the other times. And then, not only was the timing right, but what he said was right. Carefully selected. Hey, David, there's a man in the kingdom. He and his family have one lamb. They they cherish and nurture that lamb. His neighbor, who's a wealthy guy, got a bunch of sheep. He had a friend come and he stole this guy's lamb and fed it to his guest. And David the shepherd... You could see his countenance change. Do you see, Nathan, I think, had carefully prayed about the timing and what to say. And then Nathan, I think with a heavy heart, said, Thou art the man. Did God use that? It smote the heart of the king. Did it work? Read Psalm 51. It did. It did. Is my timing right? Okay, the church lobby is not the right time. Oh, well, Pastor, we know that. Not everybody knows that. The kitchen at home with all the kids standing around list, not the right time. Ask God for help and then ask God for the right time. Finally, is my approach biblical? Again, we give you these passages I quoted from each of these last week. But is my approach biblical? Am I following the specific guidance of scripture in trying to solve this problem? In other words, let me board it this way. When when it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful... Can God look at me? Can God look at you and know that you are trustworthy? That God can believe in you to let you find out about a problem and for you to prayerfully, carefully, biblically handle that right so that more damage isn't done. Does God believe in you that he can count on you to handle things correctly? And by the way, there's a parallel, Galatians 6. You that are spiritual, go to such a one. If you are of the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit, God says, I can count on you, I can believe in you to take my word and in love deal with this so that it brings correction, restoration, healing to my body. Let's close. Remember, what a person says and what a person does with what is said, are equally important to the Lord. Amen? They're important to the Lord. If loose lips can sink ships, I've got news for you, they can sink churches. They can destroy families. They can divide friendships. But God has called us to unity and peace. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your truth. Thank you for the help of your truth. And Lord, I know that you've promised to build your church, and I am so excited about the days ahead here at Good News. But Father, we give the enemy an awful advantage when we're not careful with information. When we're not careful with what we say, when our words are not of Thee of the spirit, but when the flesh takes control and we want to peddle information that we should not repeat. And so, Lord, would you please protect Good News Baptist Church? Thank you for the carefulness. There is much carefulness here. But, Lord, all it takes is an individual, a married couple, a young person, To not be led of you, to have a tongue that is controlled by the flesh, and Lord, great hurt can happen. So would you protect us? And Lord, would you work in such a way here that you can believe in us because we're yielded to you? You can trust us to handle problems in a proper way. We pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.